1: Welcome to the 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Netflix's Lost in Space Season 1. Yes, I am aware that season two has come out, but thankfully it should only have been out for a few days before this podcast drops. So uh, I am getting chipping away at that backlog, and we are getting closer to making sure that this never happens again. I hesitate to say that it will never happen again, but I am hoping that I'm getting close. Either way, with it being a Netflix series, with it dropping near the holidays, I suspect that most people won't have already binged it yet, so if you need a refresher on season one, then this is a great opportunity to do just that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so once again, I want to thank Ben, because without him, none of this would be possible. I would still be way, way, way behind. You might only be getting one or two episodes a month. And it is great to get three or four episodes out every month. And I just hope that this continues. Um, And for now, we've still got a few episodes in the backlog. And so we're just going to get those out there. But pretty soon, I have some confidence that we'll get movie review episodes out fairly soon after the movie drops. And while I think I always want to wait for television seasons until the next season is about to air and there's some hype around that next season so i'll probably always want to have those go you know a little bit later after we record them um i I definitely want to get into some more topical ones talking about some of the stuff that's going on some more current event type stuff and to get be able to talk about more general topics in you know television film talk, do some more video game topics do some music topics there's so many topics that i really want to do ha i just said more music topics but by the time you get this my the music episode won't have (laughs) aired yet so you don't even know what i'm talking about so there is something to look forward to uh but yeah um i shouldn't ramble on too much more here. Uh, Here's the Lost in Space episode already in progress. First up, uh, you know him as the guy from the Satellite of Love. Sometimes he doubles up as a dinosaur, and you can also find him on Westworld, and that is my buddy Mike Trex himself. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. And I forgot to say that your name is really Mike Nelson, so I did not plan that one very well to make the MST3K joke, so...
2: (laughs) It's a... It's okay. I got I got a crow with me, so he's like he, he'll he'll back me up. Crow,
1: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so Mike, what's been going on for you since
2: the last time you were on the show? <laughs> uh nothing much. Just stressed and living in hell because I apparently got bed bugs last week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just been tearing up my my entire room. Got turned upside down. I had to break down the studio, which is good now because I rearranged it so I can utilize my nine by twelve green screen. That I definitely is too big for this room. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, folks, measure twice, three times. If you can't measure right, <laughs> I thought
1: it was measure once, cut twice.
2: I'm not cutting my green screen. That thing cost me 150 bucks. <laughs> I used seriously, to say that. I should have measured better. I
1: am so mad at myself. It used to drive my dad nuts because he was always big on the measure twice, cut once. So I'd be like, measure once, cut twice, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But I'm um, I, I am I, I'm so sorry, man, that you had to go through that because, yeah, having bugs crawling on me while I
2: sleep is something that terrifies me. Yeah, it was not. a—I I feel dirty. <laughs> there was not a shower that could fill that could fix it.
1: I use a CPAP machine, and you know one of the things that I actually thought while using the CPAP machine, having the big masks, uh, you know, over my face, is yeah. that at least bugs can't crawl on my face now, and it actually gave me some comfort. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's why you were sleeping good at night, not because of the sea <laughs> right. the Safety from the bugs. That's right. Well, my
1: dad told me a story once where, like, a friend of his woke up with a bug, or, or I'm sorry, with a spider on his eye. And that, uh, yeah, I just Jesus. think about that randomly while I'm trying to sleep, and it terrifies me. But anyway. <laughs> now it can terrify all of you in your sleep, too.
2: <laughs> Yeah, thanks. You're I, de- I
1: definitely have a window unit
2: that bugs do crawl through. Ooh. So thanks. Mm.
1: So, anything good happened for you in the last few weeks, Mike?
2: Um. Uh. No. Oops. It is. I, I gotta get a new tire I have to get a new front tire so that's the whole big thing I was really happy because I, like, oh, I have $100 to myself I can I can actually get gas I can eat out a little bit this is great like nope new tire mother <laughs> why there's games coming out I should be in California right now is what I should be doing mm. but I'm a horrible adult <laughs> <laughs> we
1: should all be in California when we're not at Dragon Con yeah <laughs> <laughs> all righty well it is great to have you back on mike
2: it is great to be back
1: and hopefully being on this podcast will be better than taking care of bed bugs
2: so far so good
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right next up he is a guy that absolutely loves comics he has thanos sleeping on his couch and he is a spinning image of the riddler and that is my buddy eric how are you doing eric
3: Eh, you know, I've I've been better I just get out of uh, Just get out of the tall man's universe <laughs> Okay <laughs> Always is the worst <laughs> Turns out there were uh, There was a Jawa there too Instead of uh, the weird creepy guys
0: mm.
3: <laughs> So that's that's a tease of the fact that New Comic Day is back So people can uh, check out the Facebook page At newcomicday.net It'll lead you right to our Facebook page And you can check out the latest New Comic Day strips we which were fantastic and fun two parter that had us uh, coming face to face with the tall man. And let's just say, as usual, it does not end well for end very well for comic Eric. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woo! So, New Comic Day is back. Is the Why I
3: Love Comics podcast coming back? Hopefully sooner rather than later. Hmm. Just a matter of uh, booking. That makes sense. It's it's only been seven months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I it get antsy. So yeah,
1: I, I get upset when it's like you know three
3: weeks. So right. Yeah. Oh, I'm stir crazy about it, but at the same time, it's well, you know, dealing with dealing with uh, mental issues throwing you off. Mm. So much fun! I'm trying to think of what else is what else has been going on. I keep getting so I'm I'm addicted to both uh, Breath of the Wild and uh, Mario Odyssey at the same time. Mm. Been switching back and forth between them. I don't want to go beat up Ganon because there's so much other stuff to still do. I have 40 plus shrines to still find, (laughs) and then Mario art.
2: No,
1: go ahead. <laughs> That's like me on every RPG. It's like, no, I want to do everything, you know? I don't want to be, you know, it's so funny because a lot of times when I go to the final boss in, you know, in, a, in an RPG, it's like, this is so easy because I'm leveled up, you know, right? way past yeah. where they want you to be to, to fight the final boss.
3: I've done literally everything else I can do. Mm. (laughs) like that's i love rpgs like that where they're so open world or you can do like a whole bunch of different stuff before you had to do main content Mm -hmm. love it i'm right there with you in mario odyssey collecting every moon imaginable before you had to move to a new world because there's certain moons you can't get until you unlock stuff in other worlds then you go back and find those moons It might not be an RPG, but it's definitely brilliantly designed. Mm-hmm. I love games like that where they where they kind of go, okay, here's all the things that you can do. go do whatever you want while doing these things that we taught you. you know what I mean like sure. very not necessarily open world but like open um open game design or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I love love that kind of stuff awesome. Um, and how's the kitten doing? She's good. She's giving me a nasty look right now. Okay. Because <laughs> she keeps playing with the wires, but she decided to lie down for a little while.
1: She is very quiet because most other people I know who have cats that, while you know, while they podcast, you know, the the cat, you can hear it like meow or purr or whatever. I've never heard Mimi say anything.
3: <laughs> yeah, you probably heard Wade back in the day when I still had Wade, mm. but um, no, Mimi's super quiet with her me. Yeah, yeah I'd be surprised if you ever hear it. Actually, I've tried. I've recorded it a few times when she's running around like a crazy kitten, but mm-hmm. she's a very quiet kitten too.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, I keep the pets out. I have the door shut when I'm podcasting. I don't let the animals in. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so it's good to have you back on, Eric. It's always
3: good to be on.
1: All righty, and finally, it is one half of the American sci-fi classic track directorship. He is a guy that sounds like he should be either on MST3K or he should be a theme call for a cartoon. And that is Joe Crow. Yo, Joe! Hey, hey! What is happening? <laughs> oh, I'm having a crazy day. How are you?
0: Oh, fabulous! Fabulous.
1: That is good.
0: Always fabulous.
1: <laughs> You're always fabulous, Joe.
0: I really am. I really am. Um, <laughs> I, um, I I realize now that um, compared to uh, the, the the bed bugs, um, <laughs> I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. <laughs>
1: That's good. <laughs>
0: What's been good going man. on for you, Joe? Um, let's see. I, I'm doing a lot of freelance writing. Mm. I'm, let's see. I just vacuumed the house today. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. I. I'm. I'm still kind of in the post Dragon Con cool down. i mm. I'm. I'm still recovering. I think.
1: Do you go straight from? the cool down to the warm up for the next year or is there usually like a like a spot in the middle where you're actually like d dragon
0: i'm kind of there now i'm kind of in the um i'm still thinking about it and i'm still scribbling down notes every time i think of something for next year
2: mm-hmm.
0: but uh as of right now i'm Oh, uh, who am I kidding? I'm already—I've already got like two days planned.
1: <laughs>
0: me, me and Gary Mitchell already have like two days already finished, probably.
1: All uh, right, that is—that is awesome. <laughs> can can you give us a sneak
0: peek? Uh, it's the Buckaroo Banzai anniversary this year. Uh, How dare you!
1: <laughs> oh my God, Mike! Nobody is restraining you from going to Dragon Con.
2: My bank account is. <laughs>
1: I am sure if you ask enough people that you know that are going, somebody needs a roommate or something to help you defer the costs.
0: You could sign up as a guest or attending professional and get get your admission price waived by doing that, I believe. Well,
2: as the man who does create the karaoke videos,
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, you're already your your work is already so important to the functioning of the American sci-fi classics track at Dragon Con.
1: Alternatively, you can just wait around in the classics track room until everyone leaves at night, and then just sleep in there.
0: Yes. Wait, what?
2: (laughs) I
1: just gave you the low-cost option. (laughs) Yeah, just hang around in the room until everybody leaves, and then just take a nap.
0: Yeah. we got a big room. We've got a little cubby underneath a little table in the back. You just just swoop up under there. (laughs) Stop! I'll do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that you provide like content for the show, but you don't attend.
2: <laughs> it, the Star Wars movie that I did with Sean in the last two years for karaoke is like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just a guy who does things and never goes. <laughs> and I'm four hours away. I live here in South Carolina. I'm four hours away. I, from-
1: I know you don't know how envious I am of your ability to go. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you don't just drives me crazy
2: <laughs> I pro- two thousand eight 2019 I promise to be a better adult Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to promise that you were going to attend <laughs> well the better
1: adult will allow me to be will allow me to go okay well I'm going to be there this year Mike so you know you should come
2: thanks for the pressure Nathan I <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry Joe we've interrupted you uh, is there, uh, anything else you want to, oh you were talking about Buckaroo Bonsai
0: yeah we're doing it well. we, we do anniversaries every year and this mm-hmm. year is Buckaroo Bonsai so we're going to do something fun and it's the anniversary of UHF the Weird Al Yankee the classic so we're so. going to show that movie and to come to the UHF screening you have to bring a spatula
1: Have you decided what movie you're going to do the fundraiser with this time?
0: Uh, I believe yes. The movie we're going to do is Mac and Me.
1: (laughs) You know, the problem, though, is that you've already done the Star Wars Holiday Special, and so nothing is going to reach that level.
0: (laughs) No, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we we, we we started a new thing uh, called Classic Sci-Fi Court mm-hmm. last year and this year where we try to defend these movies. And one of our defenders, Michael Faulkner, was going to defend Mac and Me and then had a conflict. So he couldn't defend Mac and Me and uh, this year. So... As punishment for that, next year we're gonna show it and he has to watch it with us again. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife, his wife Rosalind, one of our volunteers, she says, she says to him, Wait, so we watched Mac and me for nothing? So <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, so we're gonna punish them again next year.
1: I, I want to defend Krull. Next year, if you can make that happen.
0: You don't have to defend Crawl. Crawl is probably the best movie. I I believe that. I have I have heard
1: so many people talking smack about Crawl that I feel like it needs to be publicly defended. Agreed. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> glaive in it.
1: Yeah. I, I, don't get me yep. started. <laughs> it's got magic and aliens. What more do you want?
0: Whole other podcast.
1: Yeah, that's great. Right in fact i did a podcast about that on the revolution (laughs) uh, sci-fi (laughs) podcast it was years ago though i'd like to talk about curl again so anyway all right um (laughs) it's good to have you on joe you're welcome all right so next up is our five minute controversy segment By now, I think everybody knows the drill, but if this is your first episode of the 42 cast, uh, what this is is just a way for us to talk about a a short topic before we dive into uh, the topic that we're going to talk about for the episode. It lets us loosen up a little bit and also gives you an insight into where we stand on an issue. Um, So what I wanted to talk about this week was the news that both Iron Fist and Luke Cage have been canceled on Netflix. Now There are a lot of opinions and a lot of different points of view that I've heard on this one as far as what's happening. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And so I was just kind of curious what everybody's take is on it for this um, on this podcast. So, uh, Eric, why don't
3: we start with you? I mean, I'm bummed, but it's probably Disney doing their damnedest to bring everything to whatever streaming service if they really are doing their own streaming service or mm-hmm. like we were talking everything will be on like Hulu or ABC or their own streaming service now especially with that Star Wars show being done by Jon Favreau which sounds amazing but it's still like okay they're bringing everything in the house now
1: Hmm. okay yeah I, that's the one that I'm hearing the most now I think although last week some of the opinions were a little bit different um but uh but yeah i've heard a lot of people say that that that's what they think that you know uh that disney is doing the i mean or or not or really because it's netflix that does the did the cancellation that netflix doesn't want a competitor um you know uh uh doesn't want a competitor's content on their service and so they're sort of kicking disney to the curb um but uh mike what about you uh were you upset to hear this news, or do you think it's a good thing? And uh, what do you think is uh, is going on here?
2: I was severely upset. I could I couldn't believe. Yeah, I tell you now, I'm so happy I got my, sh- my uh, Luke Cage t shirt signed by Mike <laughs> Coulter <laughs> when he was at the top. I'm mm-hmm. so happy. That's now a collector's item. It's going to be in a bracket and everything. But I was complete. I was uh, just completely shocked. Uh, Luke Cage season two wasn't completely terrible uh it was slow going but like it, it, it ended amazingly and i'm super pumped for, was for season three iron fist season two was just amazing mm-hmm. thank you for, thank you for practically erasing, oh somewhat erasing season one but you know it's time, origins da-da-da-da-da. uh but I just it it I couldn't believe it, and I think it was you and our friend Sean. We were talking about like it's for because it, Disney's streaming service is coming in. It's like okay, well, true, but. Still, it stings very hard mm-hmm. And I also had to get into an argument With one of my friends on Twitter Saying like, yeah man, those seasons ended Perfectly fine, there was no cliffhanger I'm Like, no cliffhanger? You didn't watch, you didn't watch closely <laughs> Luke Cage is a bad guy I know <laughs> yeah. Indiana Fists.
1: Well, yeah, both of those shows Really needed a resolution to what We saw at the end there Um yeah, I wasn't happy with that, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I've 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 seen a lot of people talking about how they're happy that they thought that their shows weren't any good, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, Iron Fist, I get where some of the flat comes from, from season yes. one, but yes. I was I was even reading some comments from some people that were like, Luke Cage was just awful, you know, and that, you know, only the first half of the first season was any good, and then the second half of the first season and the second season were bad, and I'm like, I, I really love the second season. I don't know what they're talking about, and I like the whole first season, but whatever. It's,
2: thir- it's 13 episodes. This not yet... <laughs> You can't go half. It's 13 episodes. <laughs> There's no mid-season finale with Netflix. It's 13 episodes. Here's your story. Move on. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And uh, Joe, what do you think uh, about this? Are you upset? And uh, what do you think's going on?
0: I, I was kind of bummed about it because Luke Cage is just a very unique thing. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack is maybe the best soundtrack on television. Mm. On on uh, of of any current shows, the mm. soundtrack is the best. Uh, mu- music and orchestral. I mean, it's it's so good. But as far as it being part of the whole Marvel scheme, I'm bummed that Luke Cage is not going to continue. I hope if this is just a trick to restart it over at the Disney thing, then they bring the same cast right. and they don't start from scratch again and they don't and the the same creatives uh, behind Luke Cage would be good too to keep them on board. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I my hope is that is what's happening. I also hope that mike coulter and iron fist whatever his real name is jones ah uh, thank you you're welcome uh, i hope that they continue to play luke cage and iron fist in uh, whatever are the next marvel things like they there's no reason why that a pa- power man and iron fist can't guest star in like a season four of daredevil mm-hmm. or season three of jessica jones why not or a season two of The Punisher. Let's uh, let's. I want to see Luke Cage and Iron Fist continue, even if they if it's not on their own show.
1: Right. Well, you know, my fear is that Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Punisher are going to get canceled too. But that's uh, you know, that's, that's...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's very realistic. It it would be, be okay with me. I think my preference would be okay. We we pull back on Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And we, we keep do- going with Daredevil, Jessica, and Punisher, maybe, and we add a fourth. You know, give us something, give us a Daughters of the Dragon, give us a Heroes for Hire series. You know, maybe this is just semantics instead of we're dumping Luke Cage and Iron Fist.
1: Well, and that's what I was kind of hoping. And and that was the thing I was surprised that nobody brought up until you just did was that some people are speculating that, oh, maybe they're just canceling the individual shows because they are going to do Heroes for Hire or something along those lines. And that's what I was really hoping for. But the news that I've been reading is that Iron Fist was canceled because of the numbers. Luke Cage was cancelled because they did, were not getting along with the creative people behind it. Um, apparently there was an issue of... Because um, they were working on the, like, the outline for a season 3 and so first they told them they wanted it to be shorter, they wanted it to only be 10 episodes, and then when they came back to them with what they would do with 10 episodes, they didn't like what they were coming back with, and there was some back and forth, and then they, they ended up cancelling it, so... Um that sounds like it wasn't planned, so unless the news thing that I read was a complete lie um, you know that that doesn't sound like there's some grand plan to like fold them together, you know into uh into a heros for hire show so I'm, yeah. i' I'm worried about it <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean maybe uh Disney but, I mean, but there's no one saying that Disney now can't pick them up now that netflix has uh has cancelled them so. Um, they could probably move them to Hulu because, you know, most people are speculating that they're not going to want anything really dark on their own, you know, the family-friendly Disney streaming service but that they might use Hulu because Disney's going to be majority control of Hulu once the Fox merger goes through that that might be where they put things that are sort of Netflix-style will be there, and I'd be perfectly happy with that, whether they give them individual shows or if they just give them a Heroes for Hire combined show, but like you, I want Coulter and, and Jones to stay. And uh, I want them to keep the storylines that they've already
2: developed. Because, yeah, I, I don't need a reboot. I mean, Netflix kind of shot themselves in the foot with Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. They didn't give Finn any time to really train to do his own martial arts that was really needed. Mm-hmm. It the, the writing, to be honest, was... I mean, you could only That's be... You, you can only be the, the immortal, the immortal Iron Fist in the other hand for so for so long. <laughs> I mean, you just pull on a t shirt and call the day. Yeah,
1: I mean, the first season of Iron Fist suffered from being rushed, both in script and because Finn wasn't able to learn the choreography. We saw what they could do if he had a decent amount of time, and if the writers had a decent amount of time with season two, it was yes. worlds better than world's season one. Better and the, the martial arts was way better I mean the funny thing was that it's still clear that Colleen was the better martial artist
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but at least Finn Jones martial arts was competent you know and it was you know he was able to do it so you know that's yeah I, I, I want him to continue and I want the resolution to the Orson Randall thing that they were setting up there
3: I want Indiana Fist right <laughs> I would love to see that payoff.
1: Oh, if, if, if they if they bring Iron Fist bring back, then uh, I I don't want them to get rid of Ward either.
3: Oh yeah,
2: no. Ward is the best. God, he got so good in season two. But Ward, that's
3: awesome in season one
2: though.
3: <laughs> yeah, goes the best character expir- exploration I've seen in a long time of any character.
1: No, they, the Marvel character. just has a thing for guys named Ward. They do. <laughs> ah, they do. Ah, ah. All right, all right. So I think we're all in agreement. We're all really bummed about this, and we think it probably has to do with Disney's streaming service and Netflix not wanting to have a competitor's material on there you know, on their uh, network. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if their devil gets renewed, then maybe that isn't what it is about. You know, maybe they do want to keep some Marvel content and just don't feel that Luke Cage and iron fist were, were performing as well as they could. So, um, literally the only
3: thing confirmed at this point is Jessica Jones is almost done finishing shooting their, Mm -hmm. their season and Punisher has already shot their second season. That's all we know. Right.
1: So that's what I'm saying. If Daredevil gets renewed, that tells us that Netflix wants to continue a relationship with Marvel. If Daredevil gets canceled, I'm pretty sure Punisher and Jessica Jones are going to get canceled after their seasons as well. Because if if they get rid of the flagship, basically uh, show, then I'm pretty sure they're done with Marvel.
2: God, that would just, that would always be like CW canceling Arrow. Right. <laughs> God, that would just that'll destroy me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Me too.
1: Well, you don't know though, Stephen Amell's been kind of like hitting that seven years is about enough for him, so this might be the last season of Arrow.
2: He can suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our fault he did such a good job. <laughs> no. Well. Yeah you take that money and you
0: shut up. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well, and this is the other thing to remember though. When actors say, oh, I'm kind of done, it's been a long time, a lot of times they don't really mean they're done done. They mean, give me a big fat raise to keep me staying here. So, it's very possible if CW sends him another, you know, truckload of cash per episode, you know, that it
3: might
1: hey, <laughs> he might change his mind. Charlie Cox
3: Vincent. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio have both been like, hey, we'll play in the Marvel Universe. I mean, we'll play in the movie-verse. Right. Throw us in there. We'll play. Don't put,
2: <laughs> don't, don't put Kingpin in a the, in the movie. Dude, do, don't. Oh, oh, oh. Well, no, you believe me,
1: me. I be want... Spider-Man. Yeah, I want him in a Spider-Man movie.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> Man, the over here. <laughs> but,
1: you know... <laughs> and, and not to make waves because we're really going to move on, but you know, then there's the whole theory that Sony, now that they've had a success with Venom, is going to pull Spider-Man out of the MCU so they can just have their own little Spider-Man universe. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <Assers>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all I have to say
3: today. <laughs>
0: It's all Jim Cameron's fault. Twenty-five years ago. That's, Good job, well, Jim Cameron. Well, you know,
1: at least we can be thankful that we didn't get Leonardo DiCaprio as Spider-Man.
3: Yes, I love DiCaprio, <laughs> but, but you're tried,
0: now.
1: he tried. He I know. <laughs> Kate Winslet is Mary Jane, and <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio is Peter Parker. There yeah, no. wouldn't
0: have been room for Gwen Stacy on the raft.
1: <laughs> At the end. Uh. <laughs> oh man all right all right well yeah so <laughs> that brings an end to our five minute controversy because we were about to start two more and uh we just can't um but uh before we dive into our topic let's pause for a moment for this promo from another fine podcast
3: Where comedy
0: and commentary collide
1: Thunder Talk brings a unique variety show style twist To the fandom
0: podcast genre
1: We drop music from some of today's hottest up-and-coming artists
2: We discuss topics of social and political relevance
0: And deliver our sideways take on the world at large
2: If stand-up comedy, NPR,
0: The Millennium Falcon
2: And classic
1: MTV had a baby
0: It would be Thunder Talk
1: Thunder Talk is part of the ESO Network Find us at thundertalk.org And on all podcasting platforms And we're back. And as we talked about the top of the show, um, we are going to talk about Lost in Space, uh, which is a reboot of a show from the 1960s. Uh, It predated Star Trek by, I think, a couple of years, but they were running concurrently for a little while as well. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying that this show, I'm usually kind of uh, meh on reboots, But there's definitely a place for them. And when I think the people creating the show get it right, you know, it works really well. And I feel like this Lost in Space is one of those kinds of reboots where they found the core nugget of the original series and made it uh, something that a modern audience would like. A lot of times I feel like reboots don't take the core nugget from the you know they just completely change the concept they might take some names and stuff from the original but like they don't get the tone or anything right i mean the tone isn't quite the same as the original show but it's what a modern version of a family in space would be which i think is sort of the core truthful element of that original show so um just to sort of kick us off here Joe, um, what do you think about Lost in Space, uh, this Netflix series, in terms of uh, someone who's, who's seen the original show also? And uh, and how do you feel about what they did with this reboot?
0: I really think they did the old Battlestar Galactica on it, mm. which is not a bad deal. They took, I, I definitely agree with what you said about they found the nuggets of the original thing. and But they kept it all. Mm-hmm. They kept the fam- the familial relationship stuff, which was the key to the original Lost in Space. There were tons of sci-fi shows back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and Lost in Space, people remember, I remember because of the family unit. The, it, it was, it was uh, that there, there wasn't the annoying kid and the throwaway other children, Mm -hmm. um, they all had a part to play. And the new show translates all that into a modern version where the kids have even stronger and different roles Mm -hmm. and are even more of a part of the ensemble than they were in the original.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I really liked about this show is that everyone on the ship had to have a role so whereas in the original it's kind of like okay we have the dad and we have Dawn, and they're kind of the pilots and the scientists and everything really i mean you have dr smith but he was an enemy agent that wasn't supposed to be on the on the thing in the first place and 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 the the mom and the kids are basically just like a mom and kids right you know they didn't have any special skills or anything like here the the mom's a scientist you know the dad's a military man so that makes sense because you need the person who can do the do the action and do the protecting and everything um judy's a doctor or a medical student of, you know, I mean, she's maybe she's not quite a doctor, but she's got the medical first aid training and all of that. So, like, all of them have skills. All of them have, like, technical knowledge and everything else. And so, you know, I liked that because it made more sense that, hey, you're sending these people into space, you can't have any waste you know going into space everybody's gonna serve a role and do you know an essential function on the ship and uh and i really like that eric what did you think of the show
3: see like i i agree with a lot of what you're describing mm-hmm. but like i had oh man i had like not with that not with the overall cast but i mean i hate that um i hate that dawn is basically poe dameron light <sighs> yeah i was wise, i indeed, was gonna get to no. Don
1: in a little bit but yes i am i thought i thought dawn was just a little too inept and goofy um i was talking about the family at first but yeah you're right Don. i'm not i'm not quite happy with him
3: i love parker posey and you can you can vouch for it the fact mm-hmm. that like i was excited that parker posey was cast as dr smith mm-hmm. and going into the show I was the one going oh yeah she's going to chew up scenery like the best of them you know like the original Dr. Smith and then you get to it and you're like oh wow she's a full on sociopath like (laughs) there is no other way to describe it but I liked that direction with Dr. Smith because the problem
1: with Dr. Smith in the original show was that yeah, in the first few episodes, Doctor Smith is awesome. He's a spy. Yeah. He infiltrates the ship. You know, he's you know he's sinister. And then by the end of the show, Doctor Smith is a joke. You know, he's just there to scream and run around. Uh, I mean, he has the great conversations he's with the robot, but other than that, like he's grandpa.
3: So, he's grandpa monster. Right? Yeah,
1: he's. Uh, yeah he's, he's just kind of pointless and i, I th- like the fact that this woman is just slimy you know like oh, everything yeah, is about
3: redeeming about it. right
1: <laughs> they hint that maybe she has a little bit of a soft spot for will which harkens back to you know how dr smith had you know sort of a relationship with will as you know will's innocence was something that kind of spoke to him and i think they they, they hinted at it they never showed if push came to shove or not that i recall because it's been a while now since i've seen it they never showed that like she would ever do anything to hurt will you know we were never put in that situation but it seemed like maybe she 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 was a little kinder to will and a little more you know uh helpful to will than she would be anybody else but but yeah i mean this yeah this this woman is dangerous like in every you know in any way don't trust her on anything because she's got a plan that'll serve her and she will kill anyone if it serves her purpose or let them die
3: my my favorite thing about the new show Hmm. is that it feels very much like a mix between the, the, um, challengers of the unknown and the fantastic four.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I got very much of that sixties exploration vibe from it. Yes.
3: And each, each member of the family has like their unique role to play. Will is, Will is a smart, he's basically the wesley from next generation done in a non-annoying way
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't feel like they made him like the uh, like the like the super genius kid in this it's more like he's the robot whisperer is sort of like his primary role
3: like we we get we get hints of like the um um i'm trying to think of the the way to, best way to describe this we get we get hints of the intelligence mm-hmm. in certain episodes like when he's helping uh with the the ship i mean mm-hmm. not the ship yeah the, uh, helping with the the beam of light in talking to his dad which i actually really like their relationship throughout the show and the fact that the father was see i i like that he was a scientist in the original but mm-hmm. i I really love that they kind of had him as a military man and he kind of is rediscovering his family through the show. I thought that was a very interesting take on on, you know, the family dynamic when it's usually like much more of, you know, oh, they're they're this big family. And it's like now the dad's been away for God knows how many years on and off. He's rediscovering his relationship with each family member. And it's it's a really great journey to. To see, and I mean, I love, I loved what that actor did with the character. I'm not like he looked familiar, but I'm not sure what else I've seen him in. Huh. Like he, he was a great actor, and I really like that dynamic of the of of rediscovering his family life. I mean, like I said, Will's Will's great. The mom's great. Penny is less annoying than the 2000s <laughs> version, thankfully. Um, yeah, we don't talk about that one in the stupid creature that she finds anyways uh oh man i could i could rant about the uh 2000 oh uh,
1: don't don't yeah no i, I yeah i <laughs> no. hated it i i, I have Even some fondness man. i have some fondness for that 60s show i watched it when i was like eight or nine it was on the family channel and uh it's one of those things where my dad talked to me about it because he had seen it when it's original run and you know my dad was basically like the black and white ones are good the color ones are all trash and while i don't agree with my dad's kind of stark take on it because i did enjoy some of the color ones um it's definitely the case where like that first season was a way better show uh, but but yeah i have a soft spot for that show because uh you know it, it was it was very cute it wasn't trying to I and mean, it wasn't doing the same thing star trek does it was trying to be like a cute family show and i think that it succeeded in being a, a cute family show
3: you know what you know what kind of creeped me out throughout and I'm kind of glad that they for the most part dropped it after they teased it is the weird um, nod to the original how Judy and Don had a relationship it was like Mm. no no she's she's 18 and he's (laughs) like Thirty. Yeah. something Stop it. I'm
1: not Stop sure it. it's not gonna go that way, Eric, because they dropped so many hints that she it's had so like a thing, thing for though. him. That it's so creepy. I know it's crazy. Dial that
0: down. You know, Look, uh, people are lost in space. Yeah. <laughs> <Chill out. laughs> but see,
1: but see, but that's the thing, though. There's no other eligible male around, so you know maybe that's what's gonna happen. I don't. <laughs> Um, uh, but it is also a thing, Eric, that sometimes women, you know, sometimes people go for the person who isn't right for them too. So it could happen.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Believe in love.
3: It's a whole, uh without getting into it, it's just as creepy as the the Drake and uh, what's-her-name-from-stranger-things going on right now. Stop it. (laughs)
1: But What I wanted to tee up on, though, is uh, what you were saying about the family dynamic, because that's what I absolutely loved about this show, was that it was a modern family you know oh, yeah. i mean just beyond the fact that judy was from a previous marriage you know and 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 in that aspect of it so it's more of like the blended family you see now there's also Um, you know, just the idea of the father was estranged and the family didn't have a good relationship with him. But when he realized that he might lose them, all of a sudden he realized how important they were to him. And I was worried for a while there during the show that this was going to be like this horrible relationship between him and the family was going to keep going. And I was like, that's painful to watch. But then as the show continued, we saw that they were actually coming together and i loved that i loved this whole storyline of the family coming back together after they had been fractured and um again i thought that it was a a tremendous story about a a modern style of family but also had that sort of feel good element that was part of the original series but it was done in a much more realistic way character wise you know, people a lot of times have problems when you say realistic about a sci-fi show, but it's like, but but the characters are realistic in the way that they handle situations and the way they interact with each other, and that's what I really liked about it. But uh, Mike, how about you? Um, what did you think of this show, and uh, you know how it kind of handled the the characters and the family and
2: and all that? I was excited when they announced it because huh. uh, I mean I do remember the a little bit of the original and basically with. With who I am, I guess I'm more in tune with the horrible movie that mm. breaks time travel. <laughs> uh,
1: the movie made but, no sense, also.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Joey Patone. Uh, but coming into the series, like it, it hooked me from ep- straight into episode one, and... And a long time and a lot of times with my Netflix binging I finished it in one sitting mm it, it I we hours in the night didn't care I was all in and it was a phenomenal trip I absolutely love this show and the, the, like you guys said the fi- the family dynamic was amazing the the dad Toby Stevens I know this cat from black sails on stars. Hmm. I watched all five seasons of Black Sales, so I know this guy. I'm like, hey, it's Captain Flint. He's a dad. Let's do this. And the whole time I'm like, you tell him Captain Flint. They don't know military you do this is your shit. you can do it and oh god this the show really blew me away because I, I didn't i went in with a little bit of knowledge but expecting a lot of things different and it really and, and yeah it's everybody had a part to play and the fact that young will was basically snuck smuggled in mm-hmm. just just kind of faked his way in it's like wow mom you're a mom You did whatever it took for your family.
1: And, you know, the weird thing is we never know what the deal is that she cut to get Will on. You know, we saw her make, like, the call, you know, after she saw Will's test results. And we have no clue yet. You know, maybe it'll come up in a later season what the deal was that she made. So, yeah, I'm really curious about
2: that. But But this was, to me, was, like, we were... I guess we were kind of lost like i i was expecting like we had some great exploration in it mm-hmm. but i was ex- i was expecting like some like planet hopping a little bit it's like oh we're still on the same planet that just feels different because it's going through such a dramatic shift in weather mm-hmm. and just seeing it in the, and just watching the science behind it he, hearing will so i was like yeah we can just use this this is a uh, magnesium we can use this to make fire and to get the kid to get uh oh okay okay well you're smart we get it dude you <laughs> you know a <we're> rock congratulations <laughs> yeah. it's it really was just a really fun trip I absolutely love this love this show I, I can't wait for season two mm-hmm. give me a season two um, so Mike uh, you know Eric
1: mentioned uh, that he uh, wasn't a big fan of Dr. Smith or Don what do you think about those two
2: Parker Posey creeped me the f- out dude <laughs> That woman, I love her. I love her in everything. And and I can't walk away from seeing Parker Posey as anything but a villain. I just... She... She's like Christopher Walken. Mm. Where he is just a fantastic character actor. And she is too. But she plays villainy so well... You can't see her doing anything else. Like, you see her. I, I'm afraid to see her smile when she has a good cup of coffee. He's <laughs> like, oh, she's going to destroy the world with a coffee. That's what she's going to do. Dr. Smith was so. This was a Dr. Smith that I found much more intriguing than I did on the original. That I did yeah. from, from. And Gary Oldman, I love you, dude. I love you. Parker just destroyed you, man. Destroyed <laughs> you.
1: Well, I found it an interesting take because I wondered if they were going to do the thing of the enemy agent like he was in the original. But uh, you know, the the whole idea that she's just this really super opportunistic woman that will stop at nothing to get what she wants was an interesting take. Although I, I you know, there were a couple of things they tried to sprinkle in some things to make me maybe think that she's redeemable. Like she didn't kill her sister. You she know, didn't. she she just knocked her out. So again, it was one of those things where it's like, is she, you know, like truly like a, you know, like an irredeemable person, or is there some humanity left in, her? you know, kind of thing? Um, but uh, and with
2: Don, and honestly, with Don, I I loved the dude. Mm. He we <laughs> that f***ing chicken. Oh my god! <laughs> I did like the fact that he took
1: care of the chicken, and then like he bonded <laughs> with it. I I did like that.
2: And and, 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 and so. With Don, he, out of all of this, we didn't really have a comic relief. And Don really provided that. He provided that ease, and at least even that realism. Because Don himself is kind of a bad guy. And, okay, not really a bad guy. He just makes really. He, he's really morally
1: gray. gray.
2: <laughs> morally gray, yes. <laughs> and Here, I can't he, blame. He's he skeezy.
1: Right, I mean, he's a smuggler, so he's like a low-level criminal kind of character, you know. So he's 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 got a little bit of that used car salesman stink to him.
2: Yeah, smack! <laughs> like you see this bad boy. This bad boy can well get me anywhere until it blows up. I I truly liked how the Don and and Doctor Smith's interaction when they first met. I I was on the edge of my seat. It's like, what's she gonna do? What? What's he going to do? Like, this is this is morally gray versus black, <laughs> just black hearted. This is what is going to happen. And oh, my God, when he when she. I I honestly believed because at this time I have faith in Dr. Smith. I had the faith. Dawn's with the chicken in the cave. It's like, I'm going to go get help. I'm going to go go walk. It's like, all right, you do that. You do that. And I'm seeing everything unfolded. Thank you for the freaking cinematography. Because that was amazing to blow my mind and drop my jaw. I was like, oh, she did
0: that. <laughs> she just
2: did that. Bye, Don. Bye. You were cool, dude. And luckily he came back. He's like, oh, my God. Don's here. Oh, my God. Don's here. Oh, my God. Don's going to get. Oh, rat that bitch out. Rat her out. Yeah. It was- that was some those two were really good on screen together because you just have that tense you're you're completely tense watching both of them at the same time mm. and, and you never really get untensed from it it's just going to happen joe uh what i wanted
1: to know is uh what did you think about um you know because we talked about the family but what did you think about dr smith and don
0: i feel like that's a new relationship that the, 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 there's so much they're they're digging into there's uh the there wasn't a thing with Don versus dr. Smith really mm-hmm. except Don just kind of tutted at the wacky dr. Smith in the original show but mm-hmm. in this show there's so much going on that they've keyed into and um um I, I feel like there's gonna be way more I think I think I think dr. Smith brought out stuff in Dawn that was never there. Like why is Dawn well um 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 what what I mean is there's not really a purpose for Dawn if the rest of the family is as capable as they've become in the new show. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Smith gives him a reason. Dr. Smith kind of pulls don up into the main cast
1: what i think is kind of interesting about those two is that we sort of have like uh you know they're both are sort of like uh less than scrupulous character you know because the family they're all very virtuous right you know i mean all of them are all about helping others and doing good things don's a smuggler so even though it's not hugely bad you know he's like a low-level criminal type of guy and so you have that sort of moral grayness in him dr smith you know is completely on the selfish side of the spectrum and so we have uh we have sort of a uh, a, uh i don't know how to describe it but you, you've got like contrasts now that didn't exist in the other series where pretty much it was dr smith You know, and everybody else was kind of on the on the completely uh, morally pure side. You know, Um, so so I kind of like that that we have at least got Dawn in there as a little bit of a you know gray character um, as well.
0: I dig it. I um, I approve the if they had just gotten some comedian. Mm-hmm. Which they could have done if they had just gotten some comedian to just do Doctor Smith from the old show, just do a reboot of him or, or a, a new version of him on the new show. It wouldn't have been Doctor Smith. It wouldn't have there, There's no way to capture that guy. He that um, uh, there's he's just such a unique thing, and just trying to do an, an impression of him, which is what I was afraid was going to happen, and not that I was afraid Parker Posey was going to do an impression <laughs> I was just afraid <laughs> that that was the that was where they were going to go mm-hmm. and they didn't it's completely different yep. and I think they did what maybe the original intent of Dr. Smith was for the show with Parker Posey mm-hmm. he's the antagonist and he wasn't mm-hmm. so yeah
1: yeah. Um, did you guys notice who she got her credentials and her jacket from?
0: Yes. It's <laughs> so and and it, it, it's Bill Mummy. It's, yeah. It's, it's original Will Robinson,
1: yeah. which
0: I love. And I also love that the characters are named, a lot of the characters are named after the original series actors. Oh I didn't catch that yeah 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 um uh um uh dr. Smith her real name is June Harris which uh, is uh June Lockhart uh-huh. and uh, I think mark Mark Harris was Don hmm wait that man no no that's not right um hang on
1: <laughs> I'm gonna look yeah, I, I knew the June Lockhart one. I, I don't. I, I'm not up on all the names. I knew Bill, Bill Mummy, of course.
0: No, no, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's um, hang on. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Ah, no, Jonathan Harris. Yes. Oh, Harris yeah, Doctor Smith. The original Doctor Smith. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. okay. Harris
0: That's... is the original Doctor Smith, and um, Mark Goddard was the original Don, mm. and. Um, let's see. Where is that name that I wrote down on oh, my notes? I had notes. What is happening? Where are my notes? Oh, the um, the survivor that was dealing with post-traumatic stress after her husband's death. Mm-hmm. That's Angela Goddard, and Angela and Mark, uh, Angela and Mark Goddard uh, were characters on the original show. Mark Goddard was Don. Mm. And Angela, somebody was Penny or Judy. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the worst. What is happening? <laughs> well, still, it's nice that
1: they had those little nods in there for. I you know. was
0: Mark Goddard. Angela mm. Cartwright was Penny. Okay. Thank you to myself for not being <laughs> such of an such an idiot.
1: What are you? All right. So, so it's you brought up the the the, the lady, the survivor who was dealing with post-traumatic stress what was your guy's take on um smith pretending to be a psychologist did you think that she really had some training in psychology or do you think she was completely bsing that
3: i think it's all a con yeah Everything. Oh, it's 100 percent a con yeah
2: okay. as someone who likes to fake being a doctor uh played <laughs> on tv <laughs> It was also Sanko who analyzed many uh, fake robots uh, yeah she basically plagiarized her own sessions
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh, I wondered uh, a little bit because she seemed to she seemed to know more than a layman so i i was kind of like oh did maybe she have like was that something like maybe she was studying and then dropped out or something like that but uh i i figured it was most likely a con but i i didn't think it was interesting that they left that kind of ambiguous um you know on that because she because she went for psych as soon as they said what are you a doctor of like she didn't like think about it at all it was just like oh psychology you know so yeah um so, so here's a a thing that I think has divided a lot of people. And I'm, I'm really curious what you guys think, um, you know, uh, is the robot and how they portrayed the robot on this series. Um, so
2: Mike, um, what did you think of the robot on this? It was definitely not, of course, uh, 1960 science fiction, (laughs) which I will argue still though, was a great design. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for what they I had love
1: that time, robot it was good the only bad thing about the robot is when like uh they they only shot from the waist up and you could tell the guy didn't have the legs on because when it walked it walked like a person like with you know going side to side it didn't yeah. like sort of like glide forward like it should have so that was the only problem I ever had with the robot was when it was clear that okay the dude's just walking you know but
2: <laughs> the robot was again knowing where it came from uh was a bit of an adjustment mm-hmm. the interaction that Will had with it well honestly I was scared yeah. that was that was, th- that was not a friendly looking robot that was a super scary sucker. It's good. Like, Will, you're going to die, dude. <laughs> show's over. Show's over, folks. And, but, but looking at it again, cause I, I rewatched it like three times. because It was like really good. Mm-hmm. The more I watched that scene was, it was a, it was a hurt, wounded animal. It was a lion with a thorn in his paw.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Will was just a little mouse who just wanted to help. And of course, you're you're scared. But once he realized exactly what was going on, the robot was hurt. He robot was basically defending himself, and I can't blame him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But once Will helped him out, it became a little bit more friendly. But you know, I give it to Dad. Dad's military. Uh, this is an unknown threat. We don't know if it's friend or foe. I got to protect my family. I'm completely there. But for me, the robot was was interesting
0: mm-hmm.
2: especially with how the tone and the scenery of how the how the first season went and oh my god and even like seeing another robot it was just like my brain's just like what's going on with this there and the robot became much more important than I would have actually given the show so thanks show thanks <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but you know it's, it's interesting because a lot of people are really divided on that they don't like the robot being questionable. You know, I saw a lot of comments about, you know, the sinister robot and how people didn't like that, but uh um but so so Joe, what did you think about the robot? Did you think it was too sinister or did you like what they were doing with it?
0: Uh I liked that it was scary as hell. That the you you didn't have that with, mm-hmm. with the with the nineteen sixties. <laughs> uh except maybe being scared the arm was gonna fall off or how <laughs> how that was balanced on the- but uh, the the at first I was prepare, I was pre, I, I, at my, my initial thought was, oh, he's just gonna come and save them from every single thing that, that happens because he shows up to save uh, Judy uh, uh, from the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I thought, well, he's just gonna save them every episode. Is that is that what the robot's job is gonna be? And clearly, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That was I, my my fears were unfounded, but to introduce him out of nowhere and he happens to have the one solution that they need. That was a little I was irksome about that, but I got over it. And then the other robot, the 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 thing at the the, the final episode battle mm-hmm. between the two robots was just crazy. Yeah,
2: it was and nuts. Mm-hmm. I
0: have no idea. What the heck is happening there at the end mm. of of the episode? So, and I, um, I, I'm I'm anxious for for more stuff, mm. for more robot stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Eric, what about you? What were your thoughts on the robot?
3: I, I really actually the the design I didn't like at first, but it mm. grew on me, especially by the uh, by the end of the show, and especially with like the dual trans transformation which i thought was kind of you know one of those things that you went at because you go oh please tell me you're not giving a nod to the 2000s come on stop it <laughs> <laughs> but um of the, one the of my favorites kind
0: of looks like the new blue beetle hmm.
3: a little bit yeah he looks a little like uh i mean, in caught co- in costume just mm-hmm. without a face obviously but yeah. um a huge nod towards production for that because that's that's a legitimate suit that was a suit actor in at least 70 percent of it when it's not like doing the transformation or the fight with the other robot is like when it's especially when it's with the kids or when it's with Will and his dad that is a suit actor mm. oh good I did not yeah. know that yeah, yeah no, that's a legitimate oh, costume.
1: well that's the great thing about Netflix Netflix because it can't it doesn't have a movie budget you know, But it's better than a normal TV show budget. They get to do some things that are really creative that look movie level quality. And I think in some ways work better because they are using more practical effects rather than just CGIing everything.
3: Like you can tell there are touch ups in the suit mm-hmm. actor scenes at moments. Right. But uh, I can't remember if it's a Weta piece or not. I just remember seeing a video with, um, with, uh, tested with, um, Adam from from tested. I can't. Why can't I think of Adam's last name from Mythbusters? Uh, but he did a video with whoever made the suit. and like, it's it's surprising. Like, it's it's a beautiful piece of costuming.
1: Yeah, I think CGI is better used when it's touching up things that are that oh, yeah. really exist than when it's used to just create things out of nothing.
3: Yeah, like I like the idea of uh, old school old school stuff where you go miniatures as much as possible Mm -hmm. when you have to do certain scenes or suit work or full on like Muppets to make make things more practical instead of like instead of having to go back and forth where like it's like oh yes actor stare at this this ball right here and you know like (laughs) well I I think
1: it comes out in their performances too because the way everyone reacts to that robot feels genuine you know, it's not oh, like yeah. the, the the you know uh, you know when like like in the Star Wars prequels where people are kind of looking at a space somewhat to the right of the character or whatever, they're and not, it's kind of they're
2: not staring at a tennis ball, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> so you know, I mean, it, and 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 the interaction is a little difficult because you don't know what you're interacting with, and people kind of just have to fake it. But here, you know, when you actually have a dude in a big suit. You know, it gives them something real to interact with. And, you know, you see that terror and that sort of fear that almost everybody but Will has, you know. And then you have Will and the sort of, you know, kind relationship he has with the robot and everything. And, and so they have something real to interact with. And, and and that's why I think those reactions feel so genuine is that they were working with a real person. I'm sorry if yeah. I stepped on you there, Eric. <laughs>
0: no, no, you did
1: not <laughs>
3: But, uh, yeah, did hey, you have anything? Oh, sorry. No, I, I agree completely. Um, something I was kind of like bummed out about slash kind of like surprised by and I guess I'm happy that they didn't do to a certain extent because I'm sure it would just added a crazy different layer. But the um, when they discovered more of the survivors, when the um, when the politician guy or whatever he was because I know they said it like once or twice and then dropped it why he was like considered a leader and how he was voted how certain parties didn't vote for him but I was surprised he didn't turn into more of a antagonist than he he was you know what I mean like he kind of was teased as an antagonist at points but then everybody's just like yeah whatever
1: well I think they wanted to make it as real as possible I mean again this is a guy that's got his own self interests and agenda but You know, he's not going to, like, you know, try to kill everybody or anything. I mean, he's not going to be, like, an out-and-out villain. You know, he's a politician, you know. (laughs) He's just going to try to further his agenda. Um, On
0: that note, did anybody else think that there's no way anybody on the Resolute survives? My thought was this is about the Robinsons lost in space, not yep. this whole satellite full of people. They're all going to die. I was going to ask you guys, the, hell yeah. of me through the whole series.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, I, Cause go ahead, Nate. Go
1: ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say, yeah. Cause I, I was curious because yeah, that's the thing that I got out of it too. Cause at first I was kind of, it kind of threw me through a loop that there were other survivors. I was like, wait a minute, you know, is this just how they're going to do things now? And, uh, you know, and they kept teasing different things, different scenarios. I was like, Oh, are they going to get back to the resolute or are the Robinson's going to be the only ones who, uh, survive for some reason, or is everybody else going to get back up to the spaceship and the Robinsons have to find a way to survive on the planet somehow, or what are they going to do? But, you know, they're at the end there, the Robinsons of course, warp to some other part of space um, like so now, fuck. <laughs> And so they're separated from everyone anyway. Now, it's not clear whether they might somehow meet up with the people on the Resolute in some way later, but I'm thinking this is probably where the true lost in space happens. You know, that's yeah, that's my thinking. Up until
0: it. this point, they were just lost on some planet.
3: Mm-hmm. That
0: was really not... <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was a, I was a huge fan of the um the Asian scientists and his family though. I thought they were very very well uh handled on the show.
1: Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, Shang Song is amazing.
3: Yeah,
1: I I like that actor in general anyway. He's also on Man <laughs> in the High Castle. Uh, yes. And I I really like him. But uh
3: but yeah you know but
1: it was nice though because it let them do some things that the original series never could like Penny's got a little bit of a romance with the one kid and some stuff like that so there could be some personal dynamics uh you know uh, you know among these other characters to sort of help flesh out who the robinsons are too because you get to see judy doing some of that first aid stuff with the other people you've got the whole incident where the the truck falls on the one kid and everything else and you know just all these different scenarios that you know helped us get a get a feel for everybody and so I kind of I kind of like that but yeah I'm I'm I would be happy now if they actually start with the Robinsons isolated because then that's a new scenario to throw at them that this is it and it also would explain why they have to put up with Dr. Smith because when you're the only you know like six humans uh, you know that 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 are that are around. It's kind of like, well, we we can't kill her because you know. Or, Hold we're, on
2: we're, on, let me check my Campbell rule book here because I'm pretty sure we can get rid of Mrs. Smith. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, just because you hope that as humans you band together, you know, against whatever bad stuff's happening out there. So, um, yeah, I think I think that'll. Be, I'm I'm really fascinated to to think of uh, you know where it's going
2: to go from here. Netflix really sold that happy ending. Like that's what <laughs> uh, it, it, I went through. So many emotions in ten seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah, <Yes. laughs> me too. Hugh, <laughs> we're,
2: we're we're officially like like for God's sake, we saved Dawn and and Dad. It's like we like, we we save them. They get back on Earth. They they are they pick them up in space for flights the resolution. All right, we are literally resolution. Hell yes! It's what's going on? Oh, what's with the secret egg? What's the egg doing? And woof! Like they just disappear. Mm-hmm. Like not even a breath could be taken. It was so fast.
1: This show is so good in being unpredictable and in keeping the tension maintained throughout the show. There were so you know because you know standard TV. i I've, I've watched so much that I can predict things so far out, usually. This show, there were bunches of times where i thought they could go multiple different ways and they would go like a different way than i thought they were going and things like that and i loved how there was always all these different things up in the air where you didn't know which one was going to drop first are the colonists going to get upset about the robot first is uh don going to rat out dr smith you know like what you know what which of these things that that are all hanging up in the air is going to drop and in what order you know (laughs) and 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 that's i think one of the reasons why this show was so enjoyable was because there was so much going on but yet it was it was done in a way that it was easy to understand you know it wasn't like something where it was like it's a really confusing show because there's so much going on and and they and they kept things interesting with the order that they did things in and and always making sure there was some other pin that could drop somewhere else and uh I don't know, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, Eric, do you, do you have any thoughts about that and the sort of, like, tension they kept in the show?
3: At moments, it kind of drove me nuts, just from, like, because <laughs> it kept, like, ri- rising to that uncomfortable place, and you're like, come on, okay, pay off. <laughs> Fun mess, please
1: I know with dr <laughs> Smith you just keep thinking something she's got something bad's gonna happen to her eventually right you know?
3: how <laughs> yeah. how did she not hit an, and I know it's because she's you know the caring mother but how did she not hit the airlock at the end there and go mm. bye doctor <laughs> see you later yeah I love how she fled it was just like if I had my way you're never getting out of there ever again mm. I was just like hell yeah mom hell yeah
2: <laughs> yeah that was such a struggle to see to, to see her make that decision or even not make that decision. This woman put Will, her, her baby boy, in so much danger time and time again. When they were alone, when, when Smith uh, was able to basically kidnap her in order to get things going, it's like, wow, this whole relationship between you – and Doctor Smith is a struggle to watch. As soon as they basically like went off into they disappeared, that was when my attention snapped. <laughs> That's, it's like I'm done. That <laughs> whole episode was nothing but tension. And you're gonna give me that the, the moment the thing that we wanted uh. in episode one we finally got, and at the same at that moment we're like, no, we don't want this now. Go back to them. <laughs> get with everybody else we've had this whole community that all this this entire season and now you want to be lost in space what <laughs> yeah
1: no I know I had mixed feelings about it too because I was like oh maybe the whole Resolute is going to be lost in space and we're just focusing on the one family but nope looks like that's
0: not the way they're going <laughs> So they, what they did was they ramped up the stakes of the whole thing because um instead of just having one family being lost and you didn't get the sense of well they're just a family floating around in space but now we see after their relationship with the people in the resolute now we see what they're being lost from Mm -hmm. or we're gonna see what they're being lost from so they've added a whole new dimension I that's a bad way to put it. Maybe that's a cheap pun. I'm <laughs> sticking with it. But uh, they um, now now we're now they there's emotional stakes in them being lost because they had that thing. All they all all up all the other lost in spaces was just well hot dang we're excited to be away from Earth. Earth sucks. <laughs> now, now, now we're lost. But eh, who cares? We're we're all together. But now they had a good thing with the resolute folks, and now they're lost from that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. Um,
2: how about the over arc that we found out exactly what happened to Earth?
1: Yeah, uh, I really, I really oh. liked how they sort of like gave it to you in little snippets. And like little flashbacks and and things like that where you kind of realize that, oh, you know, this ship crashed into Earth and caused basically like a like a like a nuclear winter, you know, where, you know, the ash is going to cause global cooling and, you know, like what killed off the dinosaurs and everything. And so, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of horrible because they have to leave so many people back behind on Earth, too, that are going to die a slow death you know and, yeah. and you sort of get the snippets from like don because he's going back and forth because he's you know do piling these transportation ships and everything that like you know how horrible it is back there and everything else and so yeah i thought that that was good because in the original they're just going to some colony oh there's a colony in alpha centauri we're, we're flying off to that but there was no like real reason why humanity needed to leave earth other than exploration here it's like no this is the evacuation
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, we were, we were honestly so caught up with with the families we were so caught up with the Robinsons and everybody else that I love my, my reaction was with the mom as soon as he figured out it's like how did we achieve space travel in a year mm-hmm. it, and she's a scientist and I'm pretty sure she had that thought process the entire time planning this with the government to get flying and then all of a sudden, within a year, boom, we can do it. It's like, way, how <laughs> did we do that?
1: Yeah, and there's going to be a whole backstory with the robots, you know, that, that we don't even know what's going on yet. Like, why did the ship crash on Earth? Was it an accident? Was it heading for Earth in the first place? You know, and how, you know, I mean, they're obviously mad that we stole the technology now. But, you know, what's, what's going on there? You know, and I mean, I'm, I'm very curious how all that, fits together and, and where they're going to go with that we're getting close to the end of our time here um but uh what i wanted to ask everybody um is um what element of the show would you like to talk about uh before we wrap up here that we haven't mentioned yet so um mike do you have something that you would like to uh to mention that we haven't talked about yet i got nothing you got nothing we, we, you've you let I, it I, all
2: out I did. Okay. If, if there was something that was that I didn't mention before, it was definitely the tension.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that the tension was was so. It, this was a fantastic sci-fi movie. This was a fantastic fam or movie, uh, t- family TV show. This was a fantastic sci-fi TV show. Uh, I I honestly don't, didn't hit the 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 nail with with Star Trek or even with snippets from the original. Cause I mean, I went in with just knowing like this could be my loss in space Mm -hmm. and, and I own it. I I will completely own this, this entire show. It was an amazing trip and I have to say everybody needs to watch it. Well, that's great.
1: I mean, and, and then again, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of a reboot is when done right, it can be the, you know, another generation's, version of the same thing and like i said I, i think that this has got the idea of the family lost in space and the and the family dynamic it's perfect you know it's just it's just the 2018 version of of the family um and and i thought that that was really great it's all the modern sensibilities but with that idea of the family that's lost and trying to get home um well, okay i guess i'll ask you one other thing mike what would you like to see in the second season
2: i got nothing
1: okay <laughs> I, got, I, don't, I don't i don't know okay all right. all right eric how about you is there uh is there anything that you wanted to talk about uh about the show that we we haven't mentioned yet i get nothing on that front okay what about uh season two what would you like to see in season two
3: i am really curious about the designers of the robots mm. and i uh, it's obvious we're gonna get some payoff there so i'm really intrigued by um by who they could be or what they could be and if we'll see like if they'll go trekky uh to an extent with some uh some possible uh human humanoid aliens or so if we'll just straight up see like some cool like practical effects and what kind of what kind of alien species that they will hopefully encounter with the second season because I would like to I would really like to see that aspect of the original show kind of played with mm-hmm.
1: all right and Joe what about you was there anything about the show that you wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to
3: I
0: think we've all touched on um, uh, all all the all hot the points I and and I think I touched on some of the things. Um, I loved uh, what, what I mean to say is I believe that the new show took the good bits from the original show and amplified them while also, unlike most reboots, gave a proper tribute to the source material.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I think um, it, it didn't look back on the elements of the original show as campy or silly or from their from a bygone era. It used them, and it used everything from the new sh- from the old show and put put it in the new show with, to great effect. And um, even and the. The little bits of the original theme song that are in the new theme. Terrific.
1: Oh, yeah. That's something I yes, didn't bring up yeah. at all. That yeah. John Williams theme. The, the, it's the second theme from the original Austin Space. The original theme yeah. sounded different. But know, the
0: thing is 50 years old, and mm-hmm. it's still terrific.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the new guy worked it in.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. It's such a great theme for like getting you set for the action. You know that whole da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah
0: but beyond beyond anything, um that's one of the best theme songs from the 60's era of sci-fi TV and mm-hmm. or really of of that whole time and to for it for it to be like they didn't leave that on the shelf um when they 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 put it in there, and it's a great part of the new show too.
1: Yeah, you know it annoys me when movies don't use the original music because that's the one thing I always want as part of the new version. Like the fact that we've had like five Transformers movies and not once had the Transformers theme has like really annoyed me.
0: (laughs) Whole other podcast, but
2: yes, (laughs) I I couldn't even. We can't get the touch. I mean, come on!
0: <laughs> come on! We even got Marky Mark. Yeah. We the touch.
3: Uh, oh my God! If we <laughs> if did. The touch. We, we did. It was just by Link uh, by Lincoln Park working with Stambush, and you don't want to hear it. Mm. Trust. Oh. Me.
2: Wait, like, wait. That that's a thing?
3: Okay. All right, guys. Yep. I'm sorry I derailed us with that. I was just making an
1: example of another reboot that didn't use the song. That's all I was trying to do here, guys. But um,
3: it's it's as bad we'll as Ghostbusters uh, uh follow boy. Maybe that's, we can talk about on. it
1: on the American Sci-Fi Classics track this year. <laughs> Let's yes. move on. um but all right. Uh, yeah, Joe, um uh, do you have anything that you want to see in season 2?
0: Uh, Very quickly, an all-Debbie episode. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Oh,
1: man, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. Um, One thing that I wanted to mention is I like that it's the near future. Um, You know, we haven't really talked about that, but they're, like, eating things like Oreos... You know, and stuff that's actually recognizable to us. It's not like the space year 2025, you know, kind of thing. Or I'm sorry, not 2025, 2225, uh, you know, or something like that. It's like, this, is, this could be like next decade, you know, if, if an alien spaceship crashed and we stole our technology. Um, so I like that. It's all very familiar. The people, the things that they deal with are all very familiar. And, and I thought that that was another reason why the show worked. Because even though the spaceship itself was very futuristic, this did not seem to be like a Star Trek more evolved humanity or anything like that these these were these were modern people and uh and I think that that worked really well for season two i'm I'm there with Eric I want to see more of the robots. I'm pretty sure that's where we're going because the robot did stay home um you know uh when they when they arrived at the new location it was the the pattern from the uh the thing that uh he drew earlier so um pretty sure that we're gonna have a lot of robots in the beginning but I, I hope this next season when when it comes out they jump around that it's not just all in one location um i i, I hope that we get to see like you know an actual journey through space um so we'll we'll I see i want
0: them to be lost in space right right <laughs> Well, it
1: would still kind of be Lost in Space, but if each season was in a different location. But, like, I don't want the whole season to be in one location. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'm right there with you.
1: <laughs> Alright, so I think we're all on the same page here, but would you recommend this show to someone else? Uh, Joe?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's um, it's been years since Battlestar Galactica
1: mm-hmm. has
0: gone off the air, and... Um, in 2018 this is a rarity um, there aren't tons of of 100% sci-fi shows that are out there that are at this level mm-hmm. there are some that are approaching it and there's new ones that are popping up all the time but this one is top notch no.
1: uh, Mike what about you would you recommend this show to other people probably Okay. (laughs) All right.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I I already do now.
1: Okay. And Eric, what about you?
3: I would recommend it, but I think I'd recommend the Orville before I recommend the new Lost in (laughs) Space. (laughs) Okay.
1: Might be be different audiences. I mean, I'm not saying that somebody can't enjoy both, but I'm like, uh, I can certainly see how some people I might recommend Lost in Space to over the Orville and vice versa. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. This I think this show That's is great.
2: Coming back this
1: year, yeah. Orville's coming uh, December thirty first.
2: Yep. Yes.
1: Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a show I'd recommend to other people. Uh, and the great thing about it is that you don't need any familiarity with the original Lost in Space. So, uh, if you've got a friend who isn't even into sci-fi that much but might be interested in trying one out, you know, I think that this is a decent show that just about anybody could get behind, um, which again, is one of its strengths, that it isn't just like, "Oh, this is just for geeks. You know, this is a cool adventure show, and the family dynamic, I think, makes it something that you know, people that want something that might tug at their heartstrings a little bit too you know, can, can clue into. So it's a, uh, you know, it's one of those shows that has a lot for, uh, you know, different types of people too. So, um, I think that that, uh, that, that makes it pretty cool. All right. Um, so let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find us. So Joe, why don't we start with you?
0: Uh, facebook.com slash groups slash American sci-fi classics. Um, we talk about this kind of stuff all year long in addition to um, you know just for four to seven days <laughs> at Dragon Con every year <laughs> so, Dra- Dra- Dragon Dragon Con's
1: like oh sorry yeah. I was just gonna say Dragon Con's starting to become like uh, election season. Like it just keeps getting longer every year. You know, pretty mm-hmm. soon it'll just be like the whole month of August is Dragon Con. One hundred percent. So uh all right.
0: I'm all in. I'm all in.
1: Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> uh well it was great having you on the show, Joe.
0: Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All I, all I
1: and uh, Mike, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
2: Goodbye, interwebs. You can find me over on Twitter at This Is Trex, or if you guys want to just watch some random gaming, because I also definitely bought Red Dead Redemption 2 because I'm a horrible adult again. I promise, 2019, I'm going to do better. Uh, you can find me over on Twitch.tv/trexslight. Trexlight. All right. It was great having you on the show, too, Mike. Oh, I love being here.
1: <laughs> and, Eric, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you?
3: Uh, I am the easiest man to find on the internet So just go to twitter Twitter.com slash Eric Ratcliffe And I am right there I have Instagram, I have a YouTube I have New Comic Day I have Wild Love Comics I have uh, everything Everything can probably be found Through Twitter Because I am the easiest person to find on the internet So that is there And uh, goodbye internets I will see you next time
1: And thank you for joining us as well, Eric. Always a pleasure, Nate. Always a pleasure. And there you have it. That's Lost in Space Season 1. Join us back when we do Lost in Space Season 2. Hopefully not too far in the future here. But uh, you can tell us how, what you think uh, by giving us feedback and all the ways that you can do so. Email us at everything at 42 castcom Drop us a line at the website, 42cast.com. You can go on Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. You can tweet to us at... at 42 cast you can also leave us reviews on Stitcher radio or iTunes and again I want to know what do you think do you like the topics do you not like the topics do you like certain guests not like certain guests you know whatever you know format changes Do you think the five-minute controversies are good? Do you think they're bad? Do you think of something else that we can use? So just let me know. And my cat is sniffing the microphone, so if you hear any kind of weird noises, that would be the cat who, for the first time, has intruded upon the podcast. Hi, Felicia. Her name is Felicia because uh, those of you who read comics know that uh, the Black Cat, a Spider-Man character, is named Felicia Hardy. So, there you go. And she is a black cat. Um, but, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, contribute to the ESO Patreon if you can. That's a way of keeping all the shows on the ESO network on the air. So, you can go see that at patreon.com slash ESO network. And, other than that, there's not too much going on with me. I'm still waiting to see if I'm going to C2E2, um basically uh right now uh walter koenig is going to be there who i would like to meet um but otherwise you know i mean i've met all the other original star trek actors who they're going to have and you know there aren't there isn't anyone else yet that's a real draw for me to go there and walter koenig by himself isn't enough of a draw even though i do love star trek and babylon 5 uh to get me to go there on my own um I may or may not go to DragonCon this year. I was kind of optimistic about it earlier, and uh, I think that I'm going to have to reevaluate financially and see if that's a possibility. I definitely will be back for Chicago TARDIS 2020. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm contemplating right now is basically just, uh, you know, conventions and what conventions I'm going to do, stuff like that. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's it for lost in space this week. Uh, join me back next week when Chadwick Bozeman will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2019. Got a question for the ultimate answer? contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network.